Welcome to the Pub Meeple Podcast with your hosts, Chuck, Just Brian, and Proper Brian. On episode 23, we talk about other ways to enjoy the hobby. So grab a brew, join us at the pub, and let's talk board games. All right, well, welcome to the Pub Meeple Podcast. My name is Just Brian. I'm Proper Brian. Chuck here. And we are missing our podmaster and fearless leader, Gary, the G-Bear. We're, he is, he's deeply missed. We're going to press on without him, however, on tonight's episode. Uh, but I guess, how does he usually start this thing? He starts this thing, hang on, let me think. He kind of, all right, guys, brew talk. Brew talk, that's what he says. All right, so we're going to do some brew talk now. It's going to be hard without him. It is hard, because he's got like the flow and everything. So I'm going to do my best. To do that. To not ramble. To not ramble like, <laughs> like I am right now. Uh, Shuck, what are you drinking? I'm drinking a Deep Ellum uh, Play Date. It is their Blonde Ale Sour, and it is quite delicious. And it's quite sour. I, I tasted it. Uh, I have gotten into the sour beers here recently uh, after our um, beer summit that, that we helped a friend with. and um, Ned, yeah. Ned, yeah. Our, you've met Ned. So, yeah, I like sours. They're good. They're tasty. So you got kind of more of a sour palate lately? Yeah, I I do not like ciders, but I do Mm. like sours. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. All right. Doesn't go with his sour personality at all. All right, proper Brian. (laughs) Heard that. (laughs) What do you got today? I'm bringing back one of my favorites, and it's the uh, New Belgium 1554. It's a classic. I just can't stop with it. Just can't stop with it. This is one of my favorites, and... uh, so here I am with it again, and obviously it's highly recommended. There's no shame in that. It might be, I think I dressed up as New Belgium 1554 for Halloween this year. Nice. That's not true. I made that up. I'm also drinking a New Belgium. It's from their, uh, what is this, their Voodoo Ranger series. They have a series of Voodoo Ranger IPAs. They have the Voodoo Ranger. They have the Imperial. Um, this is the Hop Avenger, and I saw it, and I thought the can looked super cool, so I picked it up. And it tastes exactly like all the rest of their Voodoo Rangers, so which is good. It's not a bad thing. Um, you just got to be Voodoo? careful with it. Voodoo Ranger. Voodoo Ranger. It's got like a, a skeleton on the front. And anyway, it's good for an IPA. It's good for New Belgium. And um, yeah, it's good. So I, I like the uh, Red L one that they have. What is it? Is that the Imperial? <clears throat> I can't remember. I can't remember. They uh, got so many good brews. Like I mean, New Belgium is kind of our. Uh, for me, it's been, kind of become a staple as far as what I always fall back to mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. I'm looking at the store. I don't, I don't yeah, know what when to I'm get not, something New Belgium. When I'm not sure what to get, it's like, oh, and I, if I want to try something new, and mm-hmm. I, I'll look for something of theirs for sure. Yeah. So I think, I think he. What does he do next? What does Gary do next? I, I think I think we talk about what, what we've what we've been playing. What we've been playing. What we've been playing. playing. I like it. Yeah. Hey, we haven't heard from you in the, about the last. Uh, two minutes or so. What have you been um, playing lately? Been been kind of busy. Haven't really played anything actually here recently. Oh. Unfortunately, it's awkward. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> what do you what do you wish you had been playing? What what do I? Is what wish we're going to call this segment. New segment. Cue the music. Uh, what do <laughs> I wish? <laughs> I wish I had time to play some more colonists. That's what I wish. That more colonists. That yeah. would be great. Yeah. That sounds like a sounds like a commercial for. I don't know. Another brew. More colonists. I don't know. I don't know what that means. <laughs> we're, already, no. we're already done talking about brews. What are we, <laughs> That's right. What are we doing? So colonists, uh, explain colonists to us, though. Because Col- you have played it yes, before. And what makes colonists special in your heart and why you're not playing it and you should be? It, it's a it's an epic game. The um, It's more of a Euro-based game. Than I think it says a, epic game on the box. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it does. Uh and it is. It has multiple eras. Uh, I have talked about it on the podcast before, but it was a while ago. Um, it's got you know first, second, third, fourth eras, and every time you get an era, you increase your colony, and it gets bigger and bigger. You have ally colonies that you get to partner with and get special bonuses from. It's it's essentially a worker placement. You know, go to a place, do a thing, type of game. But it's a it's a um, spatial worker placement. Um, kind of like Istanbul, where when you go somewhere, you have to do the thing on that tile. So the way that you move your piece around the um, border colony that everybody kind of shares, that they go to the market and do the things that they need to do, you have to take those actions as you move your piece around. So it's it's a little different. It, it's um, I'd say it's probably a little bit meatier than 
most Euro games. There's there's quite a lot going on. As, as a matter of fact, I may talk about some of the things I've done to help that later in the episode. So, ooh, ooh. teaser. <laughs> now we've we've talked about um, our gaming getaway just right before the podcast, and and that was one of the things we mentioned was, are you going to call the colonist? For the gaming getaway. And the comment you made was, well, I don't want it to take our entire time up. But my question was, based on kind of the, the structure of the game, would playing one era, like maybe era two, not the setup era, but like kind of, you, a, would that be something that we could we can so kind of digest in three hours or something like that? You could definitely do it in three hours. The Each era is probably an hour, an hour and a half. To play the second era, you have to do a like a, a, a preloaded version of the first era okay. where you, you kind of so set it, acts, it up. So it acts like you've played the first yeah, era. Yeah, you get a certain yeah. amount of points, um, and then you, you divvy those points up, which are, from what I've played, the first era is pretty accurate as far as about the point structure that you would have after playing the first era, so it's it's not bad. Um, and then, But it takes a little bit of, there's a little bit of time with that where, where you're sitting and trying to decide what would be the best scenario and how you want to play your your second era out. Because the first era kind of sets that up a little bit, so, but it, it's it's a really fun game. We might be able to do it if we just go on the second era. We might I was have thinking to do that. we won't have to do the whole the whole epic of it if we yeah. just did. Unfortunately, like I haven't played third era yet, so the kind of I want to play the third era. <laughs> <laughs> well, our getaway is two days, so maybe we can. We'll see. <laughs> I won't. I won't pick Twilight Imperium. <laughs> We'd have two games yeah. the, the, whole, the whole time. Yep. What have you been playing lately, Proper Brian? So um, I finally got a Codenames Duet to the table uh, with my wife. It's something that uh, I got a while back so we could play it. And uh, she loves Codenames, and I love Codenames too, and so we wanted to give this one a try. And it very much is just a two-player game of, of Codenames, but they added some really cool little... Uh, campaign kind of features to it that allow you to up the challenge like it like as you play you know you finish one game and if you're successful uh, you can kind of move on this map to this other place that has kind of a different challenge to it and then if you finish that one you can move so it has this progression you kind of go through but if you're not familiar with code names it's a it's a game where uh, there's a grid of words on the table and one uh, person has to give a clue as to what uh, some of those words might be so then your clue has to be a one word and one number and the word is something that tries to tie together several of those words on the table and the number is ideally how many you're trying to get them to guess but with normal code names it's you know you have teams and so you have a couple different clue givers and then another group of people that is on the team of the clue givers and uh but in, in Codenames Duet, you're on the same team. We had a lot of fun with it. It was one of those that we finished the first game and immediately wanted to play another game and then another game. And then so we ended up playing it like four or five times that first night. Oh, cool. Um, so and it's it's challenging. It's hard. Like the first game we won, we were like, yeah, that, that was kind of easy. And then we lost the next two games. And uh, so anyway, it, uh, a lot of fun. Codenames Duet. Um, if you're looking for a good two-player game, I highly recommend it. Nice. So I've actually played uh, Codenames Disney with three players. That so we had our uh, my five-year-old son uh, played with with me and somebody else, and so we were going back and forth. He was on both teams, so he was always the guesser, mm. and we were giving mm. the the clues and helping out. Yeah. I thought that was really fun for a little kid. It was so I mean, if you ever want to try it out, and, and Disney's awesome too. Yeah, it's Disney. <laughs> so cool. What about you, Just Brian? What yeah, I got. It's it's kind of different. It's it's weird. I'm in this weird stage right now, weird phase where I'm not sitting with you guys playing a game. I'm doing like little little pop games here and there. So my kids are playing a lot more with me lately. I've been doing a lot of different things with them. My wife and I are still still trying to film date night. So we're we're in the middle of playing through Traders of Osaka right now, and that'll come up on the YouTube channel eventually. We're sitting on old footage. That we're eventually going to bust out and just flood YouTube, but our plan of being kind of more regular with that kind of fell. But where I've been playing most consistently, believe it or not, has been my coworkers during work on Board Game Arena, and most of them are not gamers. And I, okay, so I work at a credit union right now, 
and and there's like time we have we have some downtime sometime and i even got my boss in on it that's a trick you guys want to play games at work the trick is get your boss in on it because then you can't get in trouble when you know because your boss is doing it too right and so we got them in on it and we were playing cult express for did, a long time did you roll like a 20 charisma i don't understand how that, yeah how you pulled that, <laughs> that off. this is probably the third time i've i've gotten like a company to play board games i've with never me. gotten anyone i got i got work with the back in the day it was me. pocket tanks i don't know if you guys remember the old computer yes. game pocket tanks we pocket i tanks. had my entire lab in optical playing pocket tanks including my bosses and we had like a, anyway that's not what we're doing right now though i got uh, on board game arena um, I started a couple with Takanoko, and it was probably a bad, bad game to start. I thought it would be simple enough, but it's been a while since I've taught. Plus, we're teaching it digitally and not hands-on. That that made a huge difference because um, my kids can play Takanoko. I figured these intelligent bankers could, that, but that it was just it was a, just weird. It was weird to do it online. It was weird to teach it online, and they didn't it didn't quite translate. That one's the such same. A, a like a spatial, three-dimensional yeah, thing. I think that's really what it yeah. had. To, and you don't have the hook of the of the pieces and the tactile mm-hmm. nature of that game that makes that game really pop. So we went straight from that to Cult Express, and Cult Express really translate what translates well on Board Game Arena, especially because there's like five of us playing. It's very simple. There's no uh, text. On cards, all I mean, all the actions are really easy to understand, and we were just laughing as we were shooting each other up, and uh, and robbing a train. Uh, I'll tell you a funny story, and um, and I'll move on. So we're on this teller line, and the CEO walks up behind, and one of the other tellers leans over to me and says, "So what what card do I play to when I want to like you know rob the the passengers?" And of course, she's kind of talking kind of loud, and I lean over to her and I was like, "Look." I say it loud enough for the CEO to hear me. Lean over and go, hey, when a CEO walks up behind us, please don't lean over to me and ask me how to rob something, you know, because <laughs> we're at a credit <laughs> union. And uh, everybody laughed, had a good laugh, and it was it was pretty funny. But anyway, we did that. Um, I have a, a good friend of ours, Patrick, which was actually been on a on a YouTube video with us in the past, and he's done a lot of gaming with us. He's up there with me, and we're even in the middle of a game right now of Targi. Um, two-player Targi or Targi, however mm-hmm. you pronounce that. But it's um, so that's kind of where I've been doing a lot of my gaming lately, and uh, I'm getting paid to do it. It's kind of weird. It's kind of awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's time for name that game. This is a a running game that we've been playing. With uh, amongst ourselves as a group, and you can also play at home. Uh, Shuck will be our clue giver this time around. He's promised us a, a run for our money, and uh, we'll see. We'll see how clever this this young man is. Let's go, Shuck. Probably not. So, uh, just a quick. Um, oh yeah, you guys. Yeah, in case you haven't yeah. heard before. So uh, the basic idea of the game is one person is the clue giver, the rest are the guessers. The clue giver is trying to get the guessers to guess a game. Uh, that they've picked, that they've created clues about. Right. And the clues, uh, but since they're about the same game, they, they kind of get progressively easier. And uh, the longer it goes, uh, the more points uh, the clue giver will get at the end of the game. Yeah. And uh, the shorter it goes, the more points the uh, guessers get. That's right. So, speaking of points, do we, do we have like a current tally? I'm zero. I don't even know what happened. I'm like five, six, or seven. I'm You're like 12. There. I'm like 12. Um, yeah. Whatever. 42. 110. <laughs> All right. Say a number. All well, right, as so. the current lead, I'll let, I'll let proper Brian decide after each clue whether he wants to answer Ooh. first or you want to pass it to me first. A new wrinkle. There you go. That oh. way you have. I mean, you can kind of hear my like answer this. first. Yeah. How you like? Yeah. That'll be kind yeah. of a little yeah. handicap for you. Yeah. Okay. So, like I was saying, depending on your knowledge of history here. Okay. So first clue is flow of history. Okay. <laughs> Brian, your first guess. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, okay. So, uh, an extremely popular game that lost the Spildus Yars to a bunch of stacking camels. Do you know the year? Hmm. I will let just Brian guess first. Oh, my goodness. He wants to hear my wrong answer first. Okay. Um, you said it, it lost to the stacking camels game. And I don't know anything about the year because um, I never played Camel Up. So, I'm going to say... 
Oh, man, this feels like a wild, kind of out there guess. Splendor. Oh my gosh! Did I win again? See, this is what happens to <laughs> me in the very first game. <laughs> uh, da, 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 See, da, I wondered. Oh man, that I thought maybe it was just enough information that nobody would know. Yeah, well, I am the master. That's what they say. Okay, the master okay. game namer. So, so okay, that's, that's what they they changed well, my name. You get all the points, and I'm still at zero. Just so Brian's a master game <laughs> namer. You were already winning. So okay, going through the rest of the clues, <laughs> y'all probably would have figured out pretty quick anyway. So we have uh, number two. You're a Renaissance merchant trying to turn raw gems into beautiful jewels. Okay, yeah, we probably got it at that right. Probably. Like I said, these clues are probably easy, but I kind of like the way they progressed. So, and then three is if you become wealthy enough, nobles might even come to visit. Yeah. Yeah. And then number four is who am I kidding? There's no theme here. You're just building an engine and buying development cards. Nice. <laughs> and number five, and your gems are really just stickers printed on some poker chips. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> by, then you, by then, if you haven't got it, you haven't got it. I think that's actually our our final game. Yeah, this that's year. our final game for the year because next next month we're doing um, our end of year podcast. Yeah. So so and we're gonna try something new next year. Yes. So. Yes. Hey, just a little sneak peek of that. Uh, we're next next year we're gonna start a new game amongst ourselves. It's gonna be hilarious. Um, and I just want you to think if you think uh, dating shows are awesome, you're gonna love you're gonna love this game. So. I don't know what that... Just just use your imagination to see what you think that might mean. We're going to go ahead and get into our main topic of the evening, and that's other ways we enjoy this hobby. And I probably spend more time enjoying the hobby other than playing games, or at least an equal amount or more time. Uh, because we're not, we how much time do we not sit down and play these games? And how much time do I just sit there alone in my my room, just sad and alone with all my <laughs> games? Uh, so so we come up with different you have ways. Kids, to, you're never alone. I know. I'm just I'm just messing. But uh, to <laughs> to kind of kick us off, give us a little bit of organization to the topic. I'm gonna pass it over to Proper Brian. So this topic kind of was it came from a couple of posts that I did. A, I don't know, it was like several years ago. Now it feels like. Uh, about games as enjoyment and the obvious thing like you mentioned is like the way to enjoy your games is to play them right that's the obvious thing and as uh you know three dads around this table right now that we know that that just i mean that happens but it doesn't happen very as often for us like i was looking back at my plays and i played like you know three different times last month you know i got like uh, i think three different games in and that's a good month for me and i'm happy with that so it got me thinking about the other ways that I actually enjoy the hobby. So we're going to get into like talking about the things that the hobby has inspired us to do. Yeah. Um, or the things that, you know, that we're motivated to do because of the hobby that we enjoy. And yeah. uh, so I think I remember something that is an early conversation that you and I had a long time ago, proper Brian, and we're kind of sitting there talking. And at first I kind of had a little kickback to your comment. You You told me that, when you buy that game and you take it out of the shrink and you unbox it, you punch it, you get to kind of organize it, you've already feel like you've gotten your money's worth out of the game. And that's before ever playing it. So if it never gets played, you're kind of like, I'm still okay because I feel like I've already got what I want. And I kind of was like, you know, I don't necessarily feel the same way. I want to still feel like i got to play this game. But I think I know more since we've known each other and we've kind of grown into the hobby even further together. I think I start to understand what you mean because I spend a lot of time not playing games and still feel like I got my money's worth out of these games. And so I don't know if that, if that kind of helps yeah, kind of preface absolutely. kind of how you feel about this topic and kind of the road that we've gone. Plus it, it changes too, as we, as we progress through the hobby, as new games come out, things are happening, more, more resources and media is available and all this stuff's changing. We can digest it in different ways. I want to say right now, most people probably enjoy this hobby by watching a lot of YouTube videos and reading a lot of articles and they're not really, that's kind of all they have time for is that. And then they get to play the games and that's how they enjoy the hobby when they're not playing, they're reading about it or they're watching videos on it. And that might be uh, somebody's listening to some podcast with three dudes talking about enjoying the hobby because <laughs> they enjoy the hobby and they're just trying to enjoy it a different way. So, yeah. So I think you actually had a, a great 
um, example of this uh, to kick us off. So, yeah. So one of the things that I've always tried to do, and, and it was kind of a natural thing. It wasn't something that I went out and thought about, Hey, I want to, I want to do this thing to improve the hobby as a whole or to make society a better place. But it's just something I was inspired to do. And it's, I, I love to create variants and I love to create content for games that's not there only when it's kind of, when it begs for it. So one example is uh, that we already have out there. It's a resource we have on our tiles and tokens video a long time ago, and it's for small world. We created a race. It's the ninjas race for small world. And so there's like a rules set to it. There's like some little graphics to it. And you know, you can kind of DIY your component to make these races. What people don't know is I have like an additional 12 races I created for my own personal small world box you know, and that took me like a while. To, in fact, I think that's the only copy we play, right? When we play Small World, we play my copy. Yeah. Because I've got, and they're not all things I've created. Some of them are things I've found, other great ideas online. And I'm like, oh, I want that. I want that in my collection. It doesn't feel complete until I have, I have a, it. Uh, <clears throat> I have one of the first gifts you gave me was a, was a Carcassonne, <laughs> Carcassonne I variant. Was it was a fishing or it something? It was fishing, yeah. I made yes. like little fishing ponds. And it was. I was just <laughs> learning how to kind of, I was still trying to experiment with how to make it feel like the Carcassonne tiles that actually going out and having them printed. And it works. Fish pond. Anyway, yeah, that was great. Um, one thing that Chuck and I, I just texted him this morning cause I didn't want to put him on the spot in the podcast, but I asked him, I said, Hey, you know, we've been playing some downforce at home. I know he loves the game downforce. It's kind of newer to us. And I just got this bug to create something new. And I know they're coming out with a new map next year in 2020. They've mm-hmm. got the, they've got the, the expansion map already out. Um, one, one expansion map already out. But I was like, let's, let's make a map. And Chuck's the artist. I'm not. So I kind of, if we're, we're going to do it, I need his help. Especially if it's something I want to provide for anybody who wants it, we can't, you know, we have to have original stuff to post on BGG and stuff. So, so he's like, he got excited about it. I hope he, he sounded excited on the text. He didn't look excited right now, but he sounded super excited this morning yes. when I said, Hey, let's create this map and, and we may make like a downforce map and, and post it so people can download it and either print it. Well, I think what I want to do, Shuck, is I want to make it where we can print it on Game Crafter. So people can either download it, print it at home, or it'll fit on the Game Crafter if they want to pay the money for yeah, it. Yeah, that either works. Way, so. it's easy. Anyway, that's just kind of one way that I enjoy the hobby. I like creating not just the 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 uh, elements themselves, like the prototyping elements where I'm actually crafting it, but I actually like to create the rule set. And I like to create like variants and kind of spin off of when it, these games that I love, but only when it when it when it works. I don't want to like rewrite rules. I want to add to it without rewriting the rules. Does that make sense? Like, when, if, and I think you were saying earlier that you had some inspiration from Formula D, so you could kind of import and convert some of those maps. Yeah, just some, some of the maps you like already into a downforce how does that world. Work in downfor- yeah, yeah, and that's that's kind of it. You know, it's cool. And you want to you want to take this and put it out there for other people to be able to enjoy too, correct? If we can, yeah. And anytime we can. So like for the ninjas, that was like a big thing. It had to be original art. This will have to be original in, a, for, for, in order for us to post it on BGG. So um, that's kind of the idea. Is I, 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 part, of the, part of the fun is other people enjoying it too and, and creating like a conversation and kind of being part of that community online. So, so one of the games that I love and was on the last – uh, podcast was Nirishima Hex, and that's one of the things that the community of the Nirishima Hex people there there is a vast amount of uh, user created armies, tons and tons of armies. Some of those armies have even been picked up, refined a little bit, and even actually printed by the publisher, which is really cool that that they are willing to do that, and they are continuing to do that even though they have a new version of the game out that. It's just one of those things. It's you, some people really enjoy taking a game that they love, creating more content for it, um, just continuing their love for the game. I mean, some people really, I mean, focus on one or two games in the hobby, you know, and they spend a lot of time on that, as opposed to some of the collectors out there that buy just hundreds of games. Well, this is a unique thing too. Like like you said, like I've. S- a lot of the small world races, a lot of the Nero Nirohima X races. NH three, it's ammonia. Thank you. Is uh, <laughs> there's there's a community that's doing it, and so there's so I think I think we're like in good company when we talk about it's it's not is that called a variant because it's not really you're not really creating a variant for the game. You're you're adding it's it's like factioning. You're adding factions. You're adding like a I think it's a component. Content. That's it, yeah. A variant, that's a better a variant idea. Is yeah. like 
It's like adjusting the rules. Or changing the rules. Yeah, so we're not changing rules. Like, I don't like changing rules to games. Yeah, it's like fan fiction. That's not true, right? I do. Right? But uh, do. I tried not to. Yeah, like fan fiction, exactly. There, yeah, there you, that's a good comparison. That's a really good one. Yeah. So, I mean, going further into the Niyoshima Hex thing, uh, there, there's another aspect to this where you can create resources to help people with the, the content that they have that helps them you know, play the game in an easier way or help them. Uh, what I've done with Niyoshima Hex in particular was uh, there are a lot of factions, and these are all the official factions. I didn't want to go into the massive amounts of user creation, but I, I created a, 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 a reference sheet that's on BGG right now and is about to be updated because there's a new faction about to hit. As a matter of fact, I've already pre-ordered it. So that will be updated soon. But what it is is you can go and look at all the different factions. Uh, I have different stats on them and, and things, very brief descriptions, so that when you want to come and sit down with the game, you can look at all these things very very quickly. It's like a reference guide. Yeah, it's a reference guide. You can say, well, I want to play this style or strategy this this time around so you can pick that team maybe it's more defensive or more offensive or it has more actions as opposed to units or maybe it has a ton of units or so you can look at them really quick and it helps you play the game otherwise you know you sitting down you could spend 20 30 minutes going through all the different factions reading up on them and having all your your friends come. Maybe you have a new person that you want to introduce this game to, and they get overloaded, and they don't. Now they don't want to play. They're not as excited about it. You're super excited now. You know, there's so there's resources like this that can really help benefit and 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 lift a game up, in my opinion. That I these are one of the things that I I really get into when I enjoy a game a lot. Uh, another one that I've done that I kind of teased a little earlier was for the colonists mm -hmm. the colonist has a lot of rules i think it's like a 50 page rule book there is a lot going on uh i've created a two-sided um fairly small well i can't remember what, what the size of it is but it's it's a two-sided sheet of reference um and it's not just like a bunch of wall of text i've seen references where there's just a bunch of stuff written down it's super hard to digest it, it, they basically just took the rules and kind of condensed them a little bit. Now, on this, I wanted something that could be used during the game. that You could just look at it, have a quick reference, remember, oh yeah, that's the rule. That's a lot more difficult to create. It, it took a long time. It took me about, I don't know, three or four months to create this, just to, to narrow it down and really get a good uh, description of the rules without being too wordy. And get a visual kind and, of cute so your eyes drawn and it's not overloaded yeah it, i i feel like i've organized it well um another thing that i did i tried to use a lot of pictures similar to the way rule books do so that way on some things you can kind of look at the pictures remember it or you're reminded of what each little section does i've grouped sections into different areas of the game um so that you know you know this is kind of the beginning of the era these are the things you need to do um oh we're gonna go get colonists or we're going to put upgrades or what what do the buildings do so those are all grouped into the different areas um i think it's an extremely helpful resource uh, things like this are really hard to come by i went and looked for it forever and I, I couldn't find one so i made one and that's that's one way that i really enjoy the hobbies if if there's something that i love i want to create something for it and i'm going to share it with everybody proper brian's done something very i mean before we met you 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 were already making resource before you were like a like in the pub and stuff, you were doing resources, uh, what, what do we call this, like rules references, mm -hmm. right? Well, For games that you've already loved and things like well, that. Well, the reason I did those is when I get a new game, um, I get it out. I, I get it organized as best I can with the insert that comes with the box. We'll get into inserts later. But then I would take the rules and I would go through them and I would, I would summarize them for myself as I'm learning the game because that's a, a good way for me to remember uh, the game. So when I get it out later, I have something I can look back on that I actually wrote that kind of triggers my memory, lets me uh, remember the rules. And it also allows me to teach the game because usually whenever I would summarize it, I would try to do it in a way that is in a flow that I would you know, probably do when I'm teaching the game. So yeah, I did create several of those. Like I've summarized a lot of my games like that. And some of them I, I've taken the time to do kind of what Shuck did and really refine the wording and uh, put it on a like a one-page kind of setup. I learned a lot of games. You taught us uh, through your references. Like we, we learned Inish that way. We learned um, 
uh, I want to say uh, Rebellion and mm-hmm. Forbidden Stars. I know those are three games off the top of my head that mm-hmm. were your rules. Your rules reference were our avenue to learning the game. So. Yeah. So like like Chuck was saying, I enjoy the hobby. I'm not getting to play the game, so I want to spend time with it. I like reading the rules, and so I. You know, well, and the another, byproduct of that is these rules references. Another thing that that helps with is if you're not getting to play the game very much, just by creating the reference, it helps you remember it even more so when you do finally get to play the game. Yeah, because it's something that, like, it's words that you wrote, you know? I mean, obviously it's based on the rules from the game, but it, it came out of your own brain. And so well, it, it makes there's it... A whole, there's a whole process of thinking through it. I mean, it's like if you if you want to learn something, the best way to learn something is to teach somebody. Yep. I mean, Absolutely. It's, it's the same concept. Yep. Speaking of your speaking of your references that we had like pre and post Pumipal inauguration where we knighted you. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Is uh, <laughs> that hadn't happened yet? Before, <laughs> when are we but, doing that? Yeah, that's right. We do have a ceremony. We we have, we've kind of put off. Sorry. Okay. okay. Uh, but yeah, we uh, when we met you, you also had a bunch of foam core resources, and it was all almost in tandem with your rules references. Those are kind of like the two things that you were that you were doing on your own, and you kind of perfected. In fact, I wasn't foam, foam core organization at all until I met you. I think my very first one, you're going to laugh, my very first one was uh, Rhino Hero. You know the little Habba box? It's yeah, yeah. like the size of a deck of cards. I was like, I don't really want a foam core. I don't really want to glue this stuff together, but if I'm going to try it out, I'm going to try it on this thing that's like that could fit in my pocket. And I made like a three compartment thing for that for that game, and then I was like sold. I was sold immediately. I was like, all right, let me go find out what this is all about. So, my my first one that I did was based on some plans uh, from a guy named a guy uh, who goes by Universal Head. He's he does the Esoteric Order of Game Gamers, and uh, it was for Imperial Assault. And I remember getting that game and going. There's no way with all these tokens and all these baggies that I'm going to... They have the trench insert, yeah. the the Fantasy Flight terrible yeah. trench run insert. Yeah, so oh, I was like, there's oh. no way I'm going to play this game if I have to trench. get this stuff out every time and put it up every time. And so I went out and found this and then went, looked up, okay, what do I need to make, you know, to use this foam core stuff to, you know, to make a an insert and went out and got the, the cutting mat and a good knife and some glue and some foam board and just kind of went at it with that one. That was, and then after that, I was like, I I can't, I can't stop. I got, it gets addictive. Like, I get a new game and I'm like, okay, I, I, I want to organize it. You know, I've always wanted to organize my games anyway. Right. So you get them and you get everything kind of in the right, the right baggies or the right. Uh, but with, with the foam core thing, I was like, man, I, I can really put stuff in a way that makes it easy to set up easy to get out and play and easy to put up. And when you can do those three things, it makes it easy. Anyway, so that kind of set me off on the journey of creating these and I was making them. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to the effort to design these inserts and I, I want to share them too. And so I, it, and this is something I kind of want to talk about a, a little bit later more, but so my enjoyment of the hobby kind of drove me into learning something new so that I could continue to enjoy the hobby. So I, I learned a 3D uh, program called SketchUp, which was the way that I, I eventually started laying these things out and planning them out. And then it was the way that I shared them out was I took screenshots of these 3D generated you know, things that I could put onto a PDF that people, other people could download and use. And so I would not have learned that tool were it not sure. for wanting to do something with my games. Now, now, proper Brian will never brag on his work, but so I'm going to do it. Like your phone core inserts are amazing. I, I always enjoyed seeing like how they, like he he's not content with just making a box with dividers. No, things have to like fit within things like a Russian doll like set kind of thing with little shelves that compartmentalize and sliding doors. And so I wouldn't be surprised if I opened a box with one of your inserts and like had automated pieces that just like opened <laughs> up uh, one day. But um, I've I think and I think the testament to that is not just me bragging on you is that you've been approached by people that want to like sell your stuff on Etsy and things like that, you know, use your, your plans. We've seen your plans pop up in a lot of places. And so, um, again, he would never do that. I'm only saying that because uh, I want to mention like, it's not necessarily, um, because he's awesome. It's because the hobby itself like inspires us to do these things and to, and because 
because it's just super fun. Right. right? It, like I can't play the game, so I want to I want to do something with the game. So I create a rules reference, or I create a foam core yeah, insert. Yeah. Now, and I haven't done a foam core insert in a while. I probably need to circle back on that eventually. Um, and there's a reason why I haven't. And we'll get into that in a little bit. So like the first insert I ever did was for Deus. It was one I found online, similar to what you kind of did. It was somebody that I saw on BGG and I kind of modified it a little bit uh, so I could put a lid on it because I thought all the pieces were going to go everywhere. But that was like the only modification I really did. It was pretty much exactly what the plans were. And so that was kind of my first jump into everything. Uh, Most of my other plans are pretty custom. Um, I have one that I have for Zombie Side which I don't know that would benefit very Let's many other talk people. about your water deep. And that's another one that won't benefit a lot of people I was because you have custom, but I want to <laughs> no. let's just jump straight to it. Let's get, let's get to the meat of this. Your water deep insert. Okay. Which is, which is specific to his version of water deep. Now, let me, let me preface this for you. Shuck has got custom Etsy houses. He's got custom pieces like gems and he's got the metal coins I think he's replaced all the cards with photos of himself. I don't know. It's, I have, it's just I have insane. The meeple, I have the meeple source meeples as well. He's done it all, and the so he. Meeples. And then he not only that, but he wanted the expansion to fit in the base game box, and so he's kind of he's kind of gone the distance on this game. I don't know that this is something. I think you decided you couldn't really share it out. It really wouldn't help people. But I let's talk about like how like your inspiration and and how much time you spent on this thing. Because I remember coming here to your house and you had like plans up all over the walls it was like one of those csi yeah one of those csi clear chalkboards uh anyway sure, sure. that's exactly how i, how I, I did. so when when even when i did the zombie side one the i don't know what you do proper ryan but when i do this i i spend a lot of time laying it out like i will yeah. go find measuring blank, blank sheets of paper so i don't measure particularly so I, I at measure, first so what I'll do, I'll get blank sheets of paper. I'll kind of lay all the pieces out That's why I can't and get figure my out. I don't measure it. So I, I figure out where every, I want everything to lay out. I, I make sure that I, I know. I, then I do start measuring. Once I kind of figure out where I want everything, I'll start measuring the inside of the box, make sure that it'll fit inside of the box. I'll start measuring cards, um, making sure I have a little bit of room for the cards to fit where they need to be. Um, start, I'll, I'll take, you know, then I'll take the box and start thinking about, okay, well, I want three little box compartments inside of here. And then so you take that, you divide it by three, you start giving the little extra room for the foam core inserts. And so it becomes a little mathy at that point, quite a bit mathy. Um, And then you do it and then you screw up and then you do it again. And (laughs) then, but uh, I don't know, we probably, we probably could share this, because I think a lot of the pieces may still fit you could in the compartment with, with links pictures. to all the stuff that you need to there do. You should, I think we should at least do that because, I mean, it's pretty amazing. So I think um, you should at least, even just pictures alone. I, I took a lot of inspiration amazing. from some of Proper Brian's stuff where I started doing like the inlaid insert type things so that I could get the, the box, the base box for Lords of Waterdeep is very thin. There's there's not a ton of room yeah. to work with. And so some of the 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 issues I had to work through were how do I get the main board? I, I use the main board as a lid. Basically I put it on top. I, I put little pieces around the edges so I could lift it out. I wanted the, the expansion boards to be level with the rest of the board. Cause the, the main board was going to sit on top of that. So I had to put like an inset to that and also fit all of the cards underneath you it. You see what I mean? This is uh, how freakishly like, man, it got, insane. You thought I was just making a joke about the CSI me, clear whiteboards. But it no. took me a couple weeks you to gotta, iron it all out. He went back to trigonometry and some calculus. <laughs> it was crazy. I was like, I don't know what the derivative of I that is. I just want to point out. I want to point out real quick. You've really got to love something to put this much effort into it. <laughs> well, see, here's the other thing. I'm a math nerd, so the math really didn't bother me that much. I like doing math. So that aspect of it doesn't really bother me. It's the fabrication, though, where you're like, yeah. why did I math all this and it doesn't come out perfect because my fingers are stupid? So I'm, I'm pretty sure I watched like two seasons of Flash while I did this whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> So I want to kind of get to a piece to this conversation that's kind of the elephant in the room. Proper Brian has been working on a project for quite a while, inspired by the hobby for the people. I want to talk about the BGRE 
and your vision. I don't know if you plan on talking about that or not, but this is definitely a way that you have spent some time outside of playing games in the hobby, for the hobby, with the hobby, through the hobby, in the hobby, over the hobby, hobby. all those prepositions, hobby, hobby. Is that even a word anymore, hobby? Uh, talk to us about the BGRE. Okay. And why do you do it? So uh, why I do it, simple. It's It combines two things that I, I love and uh, something that I really wanted to learn. The BGRE, by the way, is a board game ranking engine. Sorry, yes. for those that are uninitiated, we started just using that, that those are acronyms. So, yep. Board game ranking engine on pubmeeple.com. It's a ranking uh, system right there on the browser where you can load a list of games. You rank them. It spills out a list. It's completely robust now. I mean, it's so much more than that at this point. It's insane. We've talked about it a bunch before. So it combines two things that you love. Yeah. The first obvious one that we've been talking about this whole you know, podcast is board games, right? And I don't, I don't remember when I found this. I found this, uh, this bit of JavaScript code out there in the, in the nether regions of the internet that allowed you to like compare uh, a bunch of video games like this. And I was like, that's cool. And then, then it just disappeared. And then like several years later, I was like, you know what? That would be really cool for board games. And I, I'd, I'd always wanted to learn web development stuff like JavaScript, HTML, CSS, like all that, all, all that stuff. But I'd never had the motivation to do it. I tried a little bit here and there. I'm an IT professional in my day job, and so I work with databases all day long. So that part of it, I, I understood. But the actual uh, web development part, I was like, and I never, I mean, I wanted to try, but I never could quite find something that would, you know, get me motivated to do it. And this is what did it, right? I was finally like, ooh, I could make this. And so I just kind of started feeling my way through it, trying to figure out how to do this. And I've learned a lot. It's it's taken you know a couple of years, but it's the th- board games are the motivation for that have kind of pushed me to create and to learn a programming language. It's like, hey, you know, this the hobby can be kind of a an a doorway into something you want to learn. It's like how how can you kind of connect? That's what I did. Is I kind of connected it to the hobby and said, oh, I can learn this and be motivated to do it because of something else that I really love, you know? So speaking of software, one of the things that I do a lot in my spare time is I have a very large Excel database that I work with and keep all my games in, and I have descriptions and all the different things that you would find on BGG. But for my personal board game collection, I keep all that list, and that's kind of what inspired... Another thing that we did here recently was the the board game cards that right. we had, which is still kind of um, somewhat of a work in progress as far as getting it out to the public. Yes, right? um, and, and as a matter of fact, I finally got all of my descriptions into a, like a, an, an online Excel spreadsheet. But Dude, we, that thing blew up all over social media when you posted it. When you posted that, like people were like, "Where can I get this?" And I want to do this too. And so basically, he has all of his games. On something like a baseball card or like a like a standard yeah. playing card that's sleeved into a a book like a menu, and those of you who don't know Shuck and he didn't know I was going to talk about this. Growing up as cousins, oh great, Ooh. I would go over to his house down down near Corpus in Orange Grove. Don't listen. And uh, his he doesn't want to he doesn't want to think he's like his dad. Here's how he's like his dad. Nothing like my father. His dad had all like a library. Of VHS movies, hundreds yeah, of VHS tapes. This is like pre-Netflix. Yes. Oh, yeah. This is this is totally like <laughs> 80s, right? We're back in the 80s now. And we have everything, usually three movies a tape, because he, he recorded on EP. We So so you would know where to go he used, find he Rocky. Used his, his old school Apple IIe to print out a list. Oh, man. With the, the numbers. And so every every tape he was ca- numbered. He had his own catalog system so he, and he, his own book. And he had several books around the house. Oh, yeah. Depending on which room you're in, you can always find a book. So, so you want to go watch you know, Rocky IV. You would know, like it's at, at J twelve. You go find the J the J shelf. You'd look for 12, tape twelve. I mean, it was it was brilliant. So Shuck, let's fast forward. As now we're adults, Shuck has created the same thing 
for his board games. You're welcome. You're like your father. Uh, I didn't see it that way. Thank you for... It comes full circle. <laughs> thanks, thanks for... But it's beautiful. It's beautiful. As soon as so, he posted it on, on social media, it blew up. It blew up. It blew up to the point where BGG banned me. So anyway... That's true. I forgot about that. <laughs> I forgot about that. And then they added me a week later. But whatever. <laughs> but So I, 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 I did post um, a PDF version of this for people to upload their own images and put their own descriptions on our website. We, we, we have it there and you can go download it and it, it has three games per PDF. And so you can just copy the PDF, rename it, print them out um, wherever you want to print them out and you can have your, your own thing. And we have a, a video. That's one of the things that we do again, beyond the hobby is, is creating DIY type stuff. So we have a DIY make your own cards. And so you can use that video to help create some of these cards, which is exactly what I did when I made mine. Um, just printed them on two sides of a sheet, folded it in half, glued it together, and I had a card. And so there's actually, I have like seven or eight new games that I have to do. I'm still working on. And I'm going to use the PDF to do that because before what I did, I used Photoshop individually for each individual game, about a hundred games of mine to create this entire thing. How to, much? How much do we love board games? I don't. It took like, me about a year to create all this. <laughs> Between creating these descriptions and different things for all of the different games, and then creating the images and everything else, and and laying it out in a way that it would fit on a, a you know a, a playing card, just a, a regular old fifty-two card deck. Style three and a half by what is it two? I don't even remember what the size of those. But I mean three and a half by two and a half. There you go, three and a half by just two and a quarter if they're bridge size. Oh my gosh! (laughs) (laughs) I only know that. See, you can you can do you can do inserts. You know the you know the math and the stuffs. I only know that stuff. Oh, from uh, prototyping for for games. (laughs) Anyway, we all we all prototype too. So I I created and people. People love this thing, and I haven't heard a lot from it recently. And we we have, and I may be putting you on the spot here, Proper Brian. We have internally discussed about creating some sort of resource with an internal database that could create these descriptions and things, so you could populate the PDFs. We we still don't want to play with images because that that gets into a copyright thing that that can really get messy. Yeah, we've been really we've but, had a big image aversion, so. Ugh. But creating the list and populating it so you can say, I want this game, this game, maybe have some sort of selection, and then it, it populates the PDF for you, and then you can go and click on it and add your whatever images you want and then print those out. It's still a possibility. It's probably a long ways out. It's kind of the next step. But again, it's one of those things. Just how we enjoy the hobby, that's one of those things mm-hmm. we like to do. We, it's, it's It's fun for us, and... Making it easy for you gives us a little bit of satisfaction as well, uh, and so it, we yeah we love the hobby. Speaking That's... of Excel sheets, <laughs> I have an Excel sheet at home. I'm not an Excel freak like Chuck. I, I am, but I do have an Excel sheet at home with all my miniatures for which game, which ones I painted. They're color coded. <laughs> like, are they primed? Are they painted? Are they finished? Are they sealed? Are they just cleaned? Are they just sitting up there being useless, not doing anything? And and then the percentage of how many I've painted so far. I do less not, than it's it's about ten percent. I've obtained about I painted about ten percent. I do not have that list. Yeah, You've got something new to do now. But that 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 <laughs> there you go. There's another way to enjoy the hot, painting. Painting is a way to enjoy the. I probably spend well. more of my time painting than any other little thing. But it's the least interesting thing that I do. Like painting I painting there, bedrooms. What are you painting? painting? Miniatures. Uh-huh. Painting miniatures. I just when painting you're talking about insects. like how much time I clock in. I probably spend more time painting, but it's it's not really an interesting thing to talk about. However, but you actually clock your time. Is no, but you know what I mean. <laughs> I don't keep up with. It. Oh my word! Uh, it's and and I say it's not interesting for those of you who are fellow painters. It is fascinating. I love painting my miniatures, and I love our all night paints that I get to have with Shuck and and listen to music and we need to do that. Again. I love like the new things that I learn when I paint. It's just not an interesting thing to talk about. You know, like. You either you either painting and you know what I'm talking about, or you don't paint and you're like this guy's boring. So, well, see, I don't paint. I want to paint. I just haven't. I'll, I'll tell you this. I'll, I'll end with this on painting. I won't. I won't. We'll, we'll make painting a brief thing. But 
if you want to paint, the only way to get into it is to start painting. Would you agree, Chuck? Like, I sure. think I think I had some type of paralysis that I couldn't touch my miniatures with paint until I was already awesome at so, it. And it it kept me. I was. It probably took me an entire year to get into it, and I to, wanted to do it the entire time. To be fair. Just Brian is a lot pickier than I am about painting. That's like, true. I am. A, I'm somewhat of a perfectionist. He is an amazing painter. I just like to get it done, but I also want it to look good. Uh, I, I think one of the best things to do is to just grab a couple of models at, at your local game store or online or something. Mm-hmm. Practice a little bit. Maybe even get a beginner kit that comes with a couple models. Which we or, did. Which I started with a beginner kit. In fact, I even reviewed it. On our website. I mean, it's yeah. I, a I Reaper that, has an amazing one. I so. did that too. I bought a couple and I, I just painted them to kind of get a feel for how to put a base coat on, how to do some of the... There's YouTube videos for shading and um, doing dry brush to put uh, light coats on or the, the highlights or whatever. So that, that really helps as well. Um, but just kind of practice on a couple. Uh, maybe even start on a game that... You don't need a bunch of detail on something that. See, if what you I did is I painting. Get into my Mystics. It is the easiest models I've ever painted. And um, shout out to Wontar for on YouTube. She does one of the best walkthroughs on painting those miniatures too. And I'll, I'll say that just right now. Like if you just if you own that game and you want to get into painting, or you want on the game and you just want to see what painting's about. That's not really a game that requires a lot of effort. And it's also kind of one of those that's a little bit older. So maybe you don't. You don't worry about it too much, but the models are so interesting to paint. They're so easy to paint, and there's a really great tutorial. Also, you're playing it with your kids, so they probably won't notice your mistakes. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so, Proper Brian, you, you, you kind of mentioned in passing. Some people may not know that you've actually designed a lot of games. I did a lot of prototyping. You go back to the old DIY stuff. You can see that I love prototyping, and then and then, and then I come, and I, I'm not really a game designer, but then I come and talk to you, and you're more on that side of the, the, the ballpark is – you really enjoy designing the games, creating the games. Um, it's been a while since we've played one of your designs, but it is kind of a, a passion and, and maybe maybe a first love for you, if unrequited. Yeah, it's definitely one of the ways that I en- enjoyed the hobby outside of playing games first. It was right after I had my twins, and I had no time. <laughs> and yeah. so all of a sudden... I, I don't I don't remember how I started doing it, but it was it just like these ideas started popping in my head of it's like oh I, that would be cool that'd be that'd be a neat way to model this uh, scenario you know or this you know thing and and so I started writing these things down and finally I was like you know what I, I might be able to make a game and I'm sure that I annoyed my wife to no end by. Just like, oh, I had this idea. What I want to about- talk about how gracious your wife is. Like, she's been so supportive, like, through all that. Like, I remember <laughs> when we first came by and we played, he, uh, Proper Brian had, had designed a Rise of the Epics, right? From the, from the what is the series from Brandon Sanderson? Yep. What is the, what is the series called? The Reckoners. The Reckoners. Reckoners. Yeah. And we came over there and she already, she knew all the rules. She knew how to play. And I just sat there going, Man, like how many times has she sat through this? But she was supportive the whole time. So I just want to shout out to you wives who support your your husbands or even love gaming yourself. Uh, yeah, that was it was really cool to see y'all two kind of connect like that to the mountaintops. Yeah, shout her praises because yeah, she is she has enjoyed games with me and she's really put up with a lot of. Because I don't me, know if so. any of you guys have play tested games before. It's a grueling process. Like even your own games or someone else's games that you're play testing, you get tired of seeing your stuff or seeing that same game over and over and over. And so it's not, it's not, it has nothing to do with whether they like somebody else even enjoys a game to play test a game is hard work. And so that's cool. Anyway, go back to your story. Yeah. Well, anyway, so I, I started putting these ideas on paper. I was like, Oh, I could make a game. And then I started making a game. I'm like, I'm horrible at this. And then, you know, I started doing some reading about how to actually design games and I got better. And the, the part that kind of tripped me up, at least I'm going to call this a, like a more of a temporary intermission to my game design is just having the amount of time that it takes to play test and the people that it takes to really get, you know, good, not to, not to say the people I had uh, weren't good. It was that I just didn't have enough time. Like there was the game you mentioned, uh, it was called Rise of the Epics. It's not available it's not around um someone else has the rights to the reckoners books by brandon sanderson which is fine (laughs) 
There's no bitterness at all but, there. Um, so my, that game, so about, I'm pretty sure they kickstarted that and shipped it out, didn't they? They did, yeah. It's and already, it was lame. It, it ended up being a dice game that was, and it was terrible <laughs> compared to his game. No, I've heard it's really good. I doubt it. Um, I'll, play it. I'll I'll play it someday when I'm over this. It was very over the top. It was very pretty. So, uh, I mean, so I had. Um, gotten, a better game. I'd got a lot of playtesting done on this thing, and <laughs> I'm, you guys. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. We'll start. We'll stop. <laughs> I had done. I had done a lot of playtesting on this thing, and I had uh, a couple of my really good friends um, who were in town who played it, who really liked it, who were going to a convention where the author who this game is based on, Brandon Sanderson, he was going to be there, and they decided to take my game with them to talk to him about it. And so they ended up talking to his agent and I got in touch with his agent. Anyways, like this, it was kind of this whirlwind of, I have no idea what I'm doing. This is a licensed product. And, um, but what it really came down to is I didn't have time with my little kids to really play yeah. test this thing and get it out there in, in, a, in a good amount of time. And so it, it made me just realize, okay, I love doing this, but I just can't do it right all right so now. That, you know, that may be that I've had similar roadblocks with the playtesting aspect, but I've designed a few things. Uh, I don't think I'm as good as you are, but uh, same, same thing though. Like you, you don't have the time to do something. So you're like, well, why don't I just dabble in this a little bit? Right. I mean, that's exactly what led me like, to, to the, to the board game ranking engine, right? There's something I could do solo. I could program. I could learn to program by myself. Yeah. And, and so that's, that's where, how I ended up there. I feel yeah. like my design was a one-hit wonder. That's kind of we're, 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 what are we back in two thousand two with that chess game? <laughs> it's a while back. Like it was a long time ago. We, need, we you have another design we need to talk about. I do. Yeah, and it's available on our website, and people can oh, go and buy right. it. Oh, that's right. That's right. And, and I feel it's, I feel like that's not really a that's that that again goes back to our variant or or our our. Um, upgraded Fine. kind of thing because Still. I didn't create the initial game. We just improved upon. The game is called No Looky No, no Looky No Peaky. It's a great. We need card to do game. something with it one time. Nobody knows about it, so it's not really doing anything. We should do something with it sometime. Shuck and I spent some time modernizing it. It's an old game that my, my grandpa taught me that you can use a deck of cards for, but we kind of spent some time making it something that speaks to gamers today. Yeah, and it's currently available at Drive Through uh, Cards. Cards. Yeah, it's currently available at Drive Through Cards, and I think I want to. I think last playtest we did, I, I do want to change the rule set. I know we we've kind of went back and forth on this. I want to say it's good for three to five players instead of three to six, hmm. just because our last six player game wasn't that great. True, but um, but it's best at three and four, and it's just a, it's just a clever little little kind of golf style or Polish poker style game that's that's more fun so, than those. Going further into this, I mean, like. We're talking game design, and that's something we've dabbled with that we enjoy. There are some people that really enjoy. Oh yeah, we've game and we've design, had, and we've had the privilege of getting to know. Yes, as it's funny because we've kind of been self-proclaimed play play testers. I think we just kind of faked it till we made it, kind of thing. <laughs> We're like, no, we know about this kind of stuff, and then we get invited to these things, and we just pretend like we know what we're talking about. Just so we could be friends with these awesome people, but that's what have been one of the cool things about attending some of these little kind of get-togethers and conventions is uh, even some of the people we haven't mentioned that brought their games that they've made to be tested and to to get to be a part of that process and get to know them. Well, how many people have we like connected with? Um, we're talking about people at this point, right? The people that we've connected with. You know who? You know who? Yes. I, you know who I remember? Orlando. He's not a game designer. <laughs> Orlando, if you're listening, Orlando. you remember Orlando? Yeah. He's not a game designer. That is the best game and he's of not Mission a, Red Planet I've ever played. I play Cold Express played. with him. And, and here's a, you so, play Cold Express, you play Mission I, Red Planet. Okay, here's the thing. <laughs> I, I played with Sam next Sam to Healy. Orlando. He's about yeah, Sam Healy Sam, from Dice Sam Tower. Healy next to Orlando. I'm with you. I remember Orlando probably more than I know, experience. right? And here's the thing. Here's the thing about that. Like Orlando's like one of the coolest guys ever. I met him twice, uh, and he's just this dude in San Angelo that just likes to game. He comes to these gaming conventions, but when he shows up, he's like so excited. He brings such excitement to gaming that we get excited with him, and we're like, "Hey, come do this thing with us, and let's 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 videotape you." And he's on our he's on our YouTube channel a few times. You think he's like 
our best friend. And he probably would be if we like were able to like connect with him and hang out with him more. And I think that's ultimately for me, the way I like to experience the hobby outside of gaming, like how many relationships have we developed? I've got to have lunch with guys here in town that I've met through gaming and I got to meet you guys. We met proper Brian through gaming. And so I don't know. I think ultimately that's kind of, you know, the tearjerker moment is we are, uh, the way I enjoy gaming outside of the, the hobby, excuse me, outside of gaming is the friends we've met, the people who I've got to, you know, kind of interact with, find out about their lives, find out about what's going on with them. Yeah. I think we've told this story before, but the way I met you guys was through a Kickstarter campaign, Through Zaya. which by the way, is another way people enjoy the hobby is Kickstarter. Um, arguing on the comments. Yeah. 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 Just like that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and and yeah, and we won't get into that. So talking about my wife, she uh I didn't back that game. Okay. No? She I told her I wanted to, and she backed it for me for Father's Day. Oh, oh. no, I didn't even know that. Yeah, so there's another, another <laughs> little part of the story where That's cool. and then you know, it connects me with you guys because you see that I'm from Abilene. Also, I like totally and, stalked him on the yeah. Kickstarter, like who else from Abilene kickstarted this so I can like connect with him. Pull up Facebook. <laughs> Who are you? It's creepy. Anyway, and here and here I stand today in front of a microphone talking with him. Weird. Well, guys, I really enjoy talking with y'all about how you enjoy the hobby. I know there's lots of other ways we haven't covered tonight. There's lots of things we kind of wanted to talk about. Some of them don't translate as well uh, vocally as they do when you actually get to enjoy them. But um, hopefully you enjoyed this. Uh, if you interact with us at all, um, let us know how you enjoy the hobby outside of of uh, actually getting to sit down and play through the rule set because there's probably some ideas and thoughts that we haven't considered. And I'm always looking forward to enjoying the hobby in new ways. Seriously, l- seriously. Like when I come home from work and my kids go to sleep, that's my time to enjoy the hobby in whatever capacity. So I would like to kind of explore that some more. I don't know how Gary, how's Gary usually do well, this I've thing? been doing the outro thing anyway. You've been doing the outro thing anyway. Yeah. So let's, do it? so yeah, where's a good place to break from that? <laughs> now, right now. Thanks for listening to the Bub Meeple podcast. If you enjoyed our content, like, and subscribe, share with your friends. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube at Bub Meeple or our website, www.bubmeeple.com. Home to the board game ranking engine and support your local breweries.